0: Hello, you're listening to the Various and Sundry Things podcast, The Vast Podcast. I am your host, Donna Gay Tyler. Hi, everybody. How you doing? Hope you're doing well. We're um, in the middle of fall break here in Kentucky. Thank God for fall break. Thank God for it. Amen. Amen. Um, Time to relax, relate, release, recoup, readjust. Um, reaffirm ourselves, right? <laughs> I'm trying my um, soothing podcast voice. Deep breath in and out. Yeah, no, a little weird. Um, the weather is really beautiful down here. Actually, um, mid seventies, I guess, low seventies, sunny. Um, but unfortunately for me, whatever's out there, I think it's ragweed and loud trucks. It is um, triggering my allergies once again. But at least I have a voice. I have a voice this week. I apologize in advance that it's a little nasally, but I appreciate you tuning in nonetheless. And let me uh, start the um, podcast by saying that. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you listening, sticking with me, seeing what I'm um, all about this particular week. And if you've read the um, summary of the show, you'll notice, um, yeah, I'm digging in a little bit, uh, getting a foot in, I guess, but more than a toe, getting a foot into um, pop culture um, and news um, probably is more an appropriate uh, title for this podcast, but it's definitely pop culture and news. Um if you're like me and you spend just a little bit or more time on um social media or just on you know your Apple News app or wherever you kind of like uh curate your um news timelines. Um it's kind of hard to get away from some of these stories. Um some of them are significant, you know, some things I think we should be following along and staying well versed in. And then some of the things, you know, just kind of Kanye get really annoying and you're like good grief. Why? Um, and if you're lucky enough, blessed enough, you know, whatever you, you know, kind of ascribe to there to not be bombarded with um, some of the like more annoying pop culture stories, God bless you. Um, and I know part of that is probably just like not picking up the phone and scrolling, you know, note to self because God, it's it's it, it's annoying. It's a little annoying. Um, so with my little take on pop culture, I, I just got a couple of things that I wanted to Talk with you about this week, and I was gonna go in alphabetical order, trying to come up with like a little bit of a clever title, like you know, H I J K pop culture, um, K pop, J K pop, K get it, K pop, okay, never mind. But anyway, I tried. <laughs> That's what happens when you're old. And by the way, um, because I'm of a certain age, yeah, some of the things that might be on some of these young folks' radar just aren't on mine. And thank God, because I don't have the bandwidth for it. I, you know, I just I can't keep up with it. You know, um, you know, my students, middle schoolers. I, I try to keep up with some of the things that they're talking about. And then I just know. You know, I ask for, you know, like a, a primer or a primer, whatever they used to say that. Just give me like the Cliff Notes version, you know, some some key terms and, you know, some vocab. All right, I'm good. And that's it. That's all. that's, that's it. That's all I can take. Anyway, let's go. First. And uh, on the list, Re- um, Herschel Walker, I was going to call him reverend, but he's not a reverend. The gentleman um, that he's running against in Georgia for the Senate seat is a reverend, Reverend Dr. Raphael um, Warnock. Remember, he um, w- w- won in a runoff race. Oh, my God, say that three times fast. All that woof, woof, woof sounding. Um, anyway, articulation. Yeah, so he won um, in the runoff race, and now he's the incumbent in this particular um Race to um, for the full seat um the full term, I guess, of the Senate seat, um, and he's running against of all people, Herschel Walker. Now, I think I did what a lot of people did when Donald Trump first announced that he was running, and that was like wrote Herschel Walker off, and not not necessarily because I don't live in Georgia, but because I just didn't take him seriously. It's like, okay, this guy's you know a former football star, whatever, but he doesn't come across as intelligent, informed, intelligible. I just like, yeah, no, not him. But yeah, if you look at some of the um, news articles with regards to polls coming out of Georgia, and I know that's very subjective sometimes. Um, but if you look at some of that, it says like the race is really close and that's disturbing. It shouldn't be close by any stretch of the imagination. It should not. Um, so, right. He's a former football star running for um, a Senate seat in uh, Georgia. Um, so the, what what kind of pushed him to the forefront of the news cycle, I guess, for me, was this story. I, well, I've read it in the Daily Beast, but it's in it's been somewhere everywhere that he allegedly um, reimbursed a former girlfriend back in 2009 for an abortion. <laughs> I'm not laughing at the abortion itself. It's that, you know, Hers- if you know anything about this campaign or Herschel Walker, he's um, stated he and his campaign have stated he personally that he's against abortion, you know, in, in all, at all stages, no exceptions for rape, incest, none of the above. Like it's, you know, life is precious. It's, you know, but allegedly, supposedly purportedly um, he got a woman that he was not married to pregnant back in 2009. Um, She went and had an abortion Um, and she has like literal receipts. Like she has a, um, a get well card that he sent her, that he signed, with the $700 check that she deposited that from his personal account and the 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 card was like you know hope you're feeling better or something like that um uh he doesn't he denies it of course you know he and his campaign and i think his attorney i read um in the daily beast denied all of this you know it's a lie whatever but his son Christian who again if you've been paying any attention to this whole Herschel Walker um, fiasco. His son has also been a hot mess. Um, he's been real pro-dad up until, what, yesterday, day before yesterday, um, posting that you know the whole Walker family told him not to run and none of them are supporting him, him, Herschel Walker. Um, he's made videos about it. Um, he's made a video about it, the Christian and he's um, posted, uh, a, um, made a post on uh, social media about it, um, let me pull it up. One of my friends was like, you know, he was so pro-dad. What had happened to change his views? I was like, mm-hmm. inquiring minds really want to know. Uh, well, kind of, sort of want to know. Christian Walker's post, I saw this on um, Instagram. I know my mom and I would really appreciate if my father, Herschel Walker, stopped lying and making a mockery of us. You're not a, quote, family man, end quote, when you are when you left us to bang a bunch of women threatened to kill us and had us move over six times in six months running from your violence. Every family member of Herschel Walker asked him not to run for office. Again, this is still Christian Walker because we all knew some of his past, every single one. He decided to give us the middle finger and air out all of his dirty laundry in public while simultaneously lying about it. I'm done. And like, uh, D. O. Hughley, this was his repost of Christian Walker said, um, boy, these skeletons skeletons couldn't wait to come out. Still a few weeks from Halloween, but woo Lord." And like my friend uh, hit me up today, was like, "What in the world changed his mind?" I don't know if it was this issue with the abortion or if there are more skeletons to come. But what made me upset about it, and by upset, I'm, I should say, I should say, you know, with some a grain of salt. Like I didn't lose any sleep over this, but honestly um what kind of irritates my Christianity you know I saw um uh, a post about um some evangelical Christians who were praying for him um Herschel Walker that is uh, praying for him with regard today like this I think I just saw this today on social media um praying for him you know with these um, allegations of him um, dealing with you know the alleged uh abortion, situation. But it's like, come on, y'all. And and it's the same thing. Again, I draw the comparisons. It's the same thing with um uh Donald Trump. You know, he had a huge group of evangelical Christians, and by evangelical we mean white. Um a huge group of like, you know, evangelical Christians who, you know, supported him and prayed for him. You know, they had that whole little prayer conference. What was the chick's name? Um uh, oh, I can't remember her name right now. Um, she used to be real popular in the black community um, until she came out in uh, favor of Donald Trump, and then everybody was like, oh, we're done." Paula White. Um, I, I used to be a fan of hers too, um, admittedly, until like everybody was like, "Yeah, nah, says we, we good on that. We good." Um, but uh, and I'm quoting: "This kind of hypocrisy is why I love evangelical Christianity." It's a repost um, from Solidan O'Brien. She's not the original poster. I think the person's name is Ashton Pittman. Um, Y'all will, I think it should be will, will make life hell for gay people. Y'all will harass women at abortion clinics, but y'all will coddle abusive men and portray them as victims while treating their actual victims as minions of the devil. And he reposted pro-lifers praying with Herschel this morning, this morning, today, y'all, Wednesday, um, to put on, to put the armor of God on him, to shield him from his own son's truth bombs. Really? Like that doesn't make any sense. you know, so there's this one website to remind me again of, um, it reminded me again of David Letterman's um top 10 list. There's a couple of websites I saw, um, top 10 lies from the Herschel Walker campaign. And again, it's very reminiscent of Trump's campaign, you know, with the constant barrage of lies, daily lies, daily stretching of the truth. Um, and restretching and reframing um the contortions that people went through to to defend this nonsense and we'll see we'll revisit this um idea, idea again about the contortions that people go through to defend you know their faves um but it's just it's ridiculous it's like it's nonsense just say you like the person and despite all of the lies that they tell, but don't try to say that the person is not lying. I mean, there is, you know, morality is not as loosey goosey and subjective as some people would like us to believe that it is. There is a right and there is a wrong. And those things are pretty obvious. And they have been until we've gotten to this point in American history. Now, all of a sudden, you know, right is wrong and wrong is right. Says who? And the people who are telling you this nonsense, are all the way on the other side of wrong. They're just ridiculously wrong. Anyway, before I get too much into my own preaching and moralizing here. Um, so, you know, one of the big things that came out, I guess, during the summer, which I kind of heard about and was laughing at, like, this is ridiculous, is the number of kids that Herschel Walker claimed. I think initially he said he had one, then it was two, three, four. Like, bro, what? You know, and his... um His cover was, you know, the lie that, um, you know, whatever his the spin that his campaign tried to put on it was that, you know, um, just because he's not toting them out, you know, for the campaign doesn't mean that he's not claiming his kids. But Herschel Walker um, apparently has been an absent father, which is something that he has, you know, clowned um, black men about when he was um, interviewed back in 2020. Um, he said that fatherless homes were a major, major problem. Um, it um even if you leave the woman, you don't leave the child. Um, remember those two black women with those terrible um wig pieces, diamond and in the rough, or whatever their names was. One of the quotes that I just read was from an interview that he gave them. You know, those two black ladies who were um shucking and jiving for the Trump campaign. Um you know, just they, first of all, hot garbage mess that they were, but yeah, that was one of the, um, uh, interviews where he, uh, it was with those ladies that he gave that particular quote to, you know, talking about fatherless homes, bruh, you, you, thou art the man is you, you are the one leaving the, the kids fatherless and not even claiming them. You don't know how many kids you got. Is that bad? All right. Um, and then in 2017, this one kind of surprised me too, but it was like, we're still doing this. And by we, I mean people, not me. Hopefully, I'm not lying out there. But people are still doing this, you know, lying about things that are easily fact checked. It's, it's just the nature of the beast at this point. I mean, that's what organizations have been built around. I mean, they're, you know, TMZ. That's what they do. They go out and pay people. I think I don't know, but they dig, 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 and they get to the bottom of it and they fact check these lies that these, you know, popular culture. Um, figures end up um, spewing. And then it turns out, oh, you lied. So Herschel Walker back in 2017 said that, quote, he's been in criminal justice all his life. Um, In 2019, he said he spent some time at Quantico at the FBI training school. Y'all didn't know I was an agent is what he said back in 2019. And then in 2013, he worked in law enforcement. So he had a gun. Yeah. Except none of that appears to be true. Like he was on a visit. At Quantico, not that he was an actual FBI agent. Um, And that the other thing that I read was that he was like some kind of like junior officer, kind of like the little badges that they give kids. Like, there you go, Bucko. Now you're a member of the junior police force. Yay. No, not in actual law enforcement. Um, This one I I heard about too. Back in 2020 um, on a podcast, he claimed to have a dry mist. that would clean you up from COVID. You know, like once you came in the building, then it's not just like Donald Trump with the whole, just shine a light down in you or, you know, take some bleach disinfectant or something like that. Whatever he was saying, it was all ridiculousness. You know, and and at the time, Donald Trump was the president of the United States. So you got all these actual scientists who can inform you, right? And not you just getting up there, just, oh look, we're going to do this. Oh God. But again, I wrote Donald Trump off and look what happened. Not that, you know, I'm the big, you know, soothsayer here, but I think it's just it's it's not wise to write off Herschel Walker because despite his lies, despite the ridiculousness, despite the fact that you can't even understand what he's saying half the time, when he opens his mouth, literally, you know, it gets really confusing. The other thing he had said, um, and again, this one like popped up for me when when it was happening, um, when he was asked about the um the Uvalde shooting, um, you know, like what measures should be put in place, you know, to kind of, you know, like prevent something like that from happening again. And he was like, what about getting a department that can look at young men that's looking at women, that's looking at women that are looking at social media? It, exactly what does that have to do with the price of coffee downtown? Nothing. Oh my God, bruh. And, and this, this who y'all want in the Senate, Oh, okay. All right. And then, of course, unfortunately, um, you know, he's had, uh, well, his ex wife, Cindy, says that he had um, multiple violent episodes um, during their marriage. Now, to be fair, um, uh, his opponent, Raphael Warnock, he's had some issues with his wife, too. I think they got divorced, was it last year or year before last? And she wants more spousal support or more child support or something like that. She Claims that he ran over her foot, I think, but nobody, a doctor didn't find any, you know, uh, indication of any kind of injury, according to that. So Raphael Warner's own domestic situation is not clean, but um, I don't want to put that on par with what uh, um, um, Herschel Walker's ex wife is saying. It's definitely not the same thing. Um, She said that he he held a gun. This is on uh, Yahoo News that he held a gun to her head several times. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, the son Christian said that they had to move like six times in six months to get away from him because he was like, you know, pretty uh, crazy. Um, Now, Herschel Walker has said, um, he hasn't denied that he's, he may have done that to her, but that um, he had blackouts um, during their marriage because, and this is something I did not know. um, He says that he has been diagnosed with a DID, which is dissociative identity disorder, formerly known as multiple personality disorder. Now, I'll admit, when I first saw that, I, like a lot of people, um, am only familiar with that from what I've seen um, in movies and on television. And all of that is it's probably very negative, right? You know, the multiple personalities. As a matter of fact, I just saw an episode of FBI, I think, where FBI is the most wanted. I really like that show on CBS. Um And I think um, the person who was responsible for the killings in that um, episode had DID. And I think that's what the doctor called it and was trying to explain that it's, um, you know, multiple personality disorder. It's not what, you know, what people have come to think of it as, you know, have been displayed in movies and all that other kind of stuff. But in Herschel Walker's case, he says that he doesn't even remember um, some of the situations that he had with his wife and that um, he thinks that the DID came on um, once he retired from football. And, um, had a hard time readjusting, um, you know, to, um, I guess, you know, regular life, you know, out, off the football field. And, um, and so, yeah, that's, that's a terrible thing. Um, he's been under a doctor's care and I want to say that this was like 12 years ago when he said, um, this was on, uh, I read this on CNN, by the way, um, maybe 12 years ago when he was first diagnosed with it and he's under a doctor's care, um, and that he's managing, um you know, his, uh, diagnosis. I'm not suggesting that people, um, you know, with mental illnesses, um, should be dismissed from public life, you know, or shouldn't run for a uh, political office. I'm not saying that, um, I'm saying Herschel Walker shouldn't, I'm, period, end of story. Like, seriously. I mean, the, the disturbing things that happened in his background, um, because of, you know, his, um, mental illness, it doesn't appear that those things have been reconciled. So it's one thing to say, you know, um, and a number of people in, in, um, America, I mean, it's, it's becoming hopefully less stigmatized. Um, the fact that people, you know, um, get therapy, take medicine, um, all get all sorts of help, um, you know, for, uh, um, dealing with, you know, different, um, mental, um, psychological um issues and things like that hopefully it's becoming less stigmatized um I'm speaking as a black person because it's still very stigmatized in our community um i think there's been a, a, a an awakening about it though um because for a long time you know for black people like if you go to see you know what you know what we kind of refer to as a shrink like Mm-mm, ain't nothing wrong with you don't tell nobody your business and you know all of the trauma that African Americans have suffered in this country just you know as a function of our race of our existence, you know, all of the healing um that needs to take place because of that. We should have been in somebody's chair, office, online, somewhere a long time ago. I mean, and it, I'm talking about just generational trauma, and notwithstanding the fact that things, the things that we deal with today, and, and just as humans, right? Um, people in America, you know, this pandemic um has you know opened up a lot of um, fissures, I think, in terms of, you know, just how people in general are dealing or coping with, you know, um, you know, a pandemic, these crazy elections, um, police violence, um, what whatever else is, you know, happening just in your neighborhood on your block, you know, it's just um it's scary, you know, inflation, um, grocery store prices, it's crazy. And so I don't mean to stigmatize Herschel Walker in that regard or scratch that. I don't mean to stigmatize people with mental illness or people who have, you know, psychological or sociological um, issues like that. Um, But I am saying, Herschel Walker in particular, mm -mm, because he hasn't reconciled, you know, his actions against his family members, you know, against his wife, you know, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of, you know, i you know, well, we all talked it out and everything's okay now. I mean, look at what, you know, his son, you know, his own son has said about him. So Herschel Walker, um, and he, I don't think he um will debate. He um I saw that online too that he has uh, declined to debate his candidate, and we know why. He cannot talk. That man is not. Mm-mm. You barely understand what he's saying. He doesn't stay on script, um, very often. Um, And again, it's so much like so reminiscent of Donald Trump that it almost like I almost need to talk to my therapist about that. Like I'm getting the willies all over again because of that. Like it's and and I don't live in Georgia, but because, you know, of how the U.S. federal government works, you know, his decisions can impact me here in Kentucky. And so that's why we need to be a little bit more, you know, astute in terms of what's going on with politics, even in um, states that don't, you know, where we don't live. Because again, national politics, you know, impacts all of us. Um, unfortunately, the Senate, you know, things that people in the Senate and the House of Representatives do, the way they vote, it impacts all of us. So anyway, that's old crazy Herschel Walker. Sorry, I don't mean that in a disparaging way, not with regard to his DID. I mean, crazy because he just lies so much. My God, like, you know. All right. So H-I-J-K, Lord, the case <sighs> with my pop culture. Well I want to start? Kimberill. So I must say, disclaimer, man, I have been a fan. I have attempted to sing her songs in the past. Um, I mean, she can do amazing things with her voice. I mean, her, she and so many people have tried to imitate her, including me. I can't do all the runs. Just, nope, give it up, Donna. Thanks. All right, go sit down somewhere. Um, she can do amazing things with her voice. Just I mean and have been a fan for years. I mean I can say decades now cuz she's she's had a long career, a long run. But Sis just does not has not she has not. Mm-mm. So um Kimberly is this gospel artist. I talked about her in a re- uh recent podcast episode. Um so if you want to, you know, Hear me deep dive into that and break that all down, you know, in my own Donna way. That's Mean Girls, Mean Church Girls episode. Anyway, so here we are, um, October, and uh, she was on Tamron Hall um, last week. So I guess that was still September. So she was on the Tamron Hall um, show. Um, I had given her, you know, an opportunity to come on the show and I guess talk about, you know, the recent comments that she had made, and also um, Kim uh, reflected on um, some. A message she gave back in 2016 that went viral, um, where she made some um, rather disparaging comments about um, gay people, um, uh, LGBTQ, um, um, and it just it again. Now though that particular sermon, I w- I don't want to repeat that because that was that one was ugly. And again, podcast t- uh, episode for another day about how the black church does not deal well with the LGBTQIA population um, people. Uh, we just disservice all around. Um, I mean, and in brief, what I'll say is I grew up hearing ministers, um, disparage, gay people in the church badly and broadly over the pulpit on the microphone. Now, again, this is prior to you know um, the internet and people with cell phones and recording things um, and then posting them online because a lot of churches probably would have got shut down um, back in the day. Because of what those uh, pastors were saying, um, like I said, I grew up hearing it. Um, I know a lot of friends who also grew up hearing it. Um, and you know, not in, and I don't want to um blame the black church in totality. I'm sure that it was not every pastor getting up, um, and saying you know negative things, saying negative things about um gay people. But um, there there are enough of us who've heard it. We, we got a club, <laughs> T-shirts, and jackets. Um, I think it was broad enough that um, a lot of people find commonality when I when I say that. They're like, yep, me too. I grew up hearing that too. And okay, like I said, Kim Burrell um, on the Tamron Hall show, she was also like, um, I guess, kind of, sort of, I'm not sure, defending what she said or at least trying to spin it. Um, so I'll say this, like a couple of people I saw, um, on YouTube and things like that say, um, ill-advised, first of all, Kim, stop, no more, no, no more public appearances on anybody's talk show, um, uh, podcast, uh, nothing just because at this point she does not, she, and she is not well acquainted with what an apology is and, her coming on Tamron Hall should have just been, I'm sorry, you know, I'm sorry that what I said, I'm sorry for what I said, period, the end. You know, not that I'm sorry if my words hurt people, because as, you know, people have pointed out, you know, like a number of times, that's not really an apology. I'm sorry if, no, it did, it, it offended people. So I'm sorry, the end. I, I saw um, pieces of um their interview, Um, Tamron was asking her, Tamron asked her, you know, how do you feel? And she was like, like about, you know, the words that I said, or th- that was Kim's response, about the words that I said, or, you know, like, how do I feel now? I feel great. And it was like, immediately to me, she seemed to be defensive. I was like, I was thinking, why did you go on this show if this is the posture that you're going to take? Like, again, you don't seem, she, she didn't come across as regretful, you know, the words that she spoke in terms of, you know, saying- you know, people don't really understand. Um, she said the black church has a jargon. That's exactly um how she put it. And I was like, jargon? Okay. Um, the black church has a jargon, and we have like a shorthand. Um, and that when you know, you see the cameras in the church, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, you know, you know, and when they when the cameras like, you know, repost what people say in the black church, you know, it comes across differently. And I'm like, mm, no, no, it does not. Now. There's a, there's a way that people talk amongst their family, you know, when you insult your family members and that's between you and your brother, you know, that old, whatever, whatever, big head sister of mine or that old, you know, uh, whatever, whatever brother of mine, but you don't want anybody else to talk about them. Okay, great. That's in your family. But we getting up in church saying that, even if that's true, asterisk, even if that's true, it's still offensive and probably, probably doesn't belong in the church in the first place. You know, I think people use that as an excuse, and it should be over and done with. Um, I understand and not excuse it, I understand what she's trying to say. You know, that you know, people in the you know, black folk that's how we get down, you know, like we 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 talk about each other, we bag on each other. Um, some of us students do that and have done it for years, right? You know, and that. I think also crosses color lines too. You know, kids talk about each other and try to make each other feel bad, you know, and it's part of the, you know, just growing up. And I'm using my air quotation marks that you can't see me because it's a podcast, but I would contend especially right now in 2022, I think we should stop it. I think it's just mean talk. It's mean. We're just going to say call it what it is. It's mean. You're being mean to people. You're saying that, "Oh, we're just joking," but it's still mean. And it in particular, doesn't belong in the church. It doesn't belong behind the microphone at a church when you're getting ready to get up and, quote, minister, end quote. End of story. So, you know, she said she was... So when she was talking about um, the... That was that was her r- r- remarks with regard to the comments that she made just recently. And then I guess uh, she and Tamarin kind of pivoted a little bit and she was asked about you know, the comments that she made back in 2016, you know, the disparaging comments she made about gay people. And instead of apologizing for it or simply saying, um, and again, not an excuse, but a reason, well, you know, these are my religious beliefs. This is, you know, my particular brand of Christianity. And, you know, it came out kind of harsh, but, you know, we we believe, I believe X, Y, Z, I, I hate when people always make, you know, we believe, who is the we? Just talk about yourself. Um, I got to stop doing that too. I believe X, Y, Z, she kind of like threw off on the gospel community at large. You know, they kind of like, and again, I'm paraphrasing here, they left me out. Um, or nobody, you know, like called me. Like she said, I wish that someone like a Yolanda Adams, we're both from Texas. I wish she had called me and said, Hey, you know, um, we all share at the same stage and back rooms and green rooms and some of their public display and conversations and private conversations. I guess Kimberell was saying it's not the same thing that they are saying publicly that they have careers you know, to protect the things like that. But she's like, I would have, you know, in essence taken it better if somebody like a Yolanda Adams had called me. Like, and so everybody who saw that clip, not everybody, but people who were commenting on the clip on social media were like, what Yolanda Adams got to do with this? Why you dig her up? Which was hilarious because then Tamron like gathered her as the young folks say. She was like, well, Yolanda Adams is also my friend and we're also both, I'm also from Texas. And, you know, in essence, you know, I gave you an opportunity to talk here about, you know, this issue, not to talk about some, you know, interpersonal issues that you may have with like, you know, people that you felt like didn't have your back. And I'm mixing a little bit of paraphrase there and direct quote, but honey, the memes, the memes that took off after Tamron Hall gathered her and got her together real quick and real nice. Um, Yeah. Like, sis, nobody asked you about Yolanda Adams or anybody else who did not call you. That's what kind of, like, throws me about, you know, people who get in a situation like Kim Burrell. Like, it's it's the deflecting. Like, this is you and what you said and why you have to own it. And I realize that when we put, open our mouths and say some some things and it puts us in awkward situations, it's hard. It's hard to own that. You know, we're adults though and we have to. And when you've been given, you know, a big platform, you know, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that. I know I'm kind of mixing, you know, Spider-Man up a little bit. But anyway, yeah, you know, and it's not an easy thing to do. I admit that. You you don't always want to own it when you did wrong. But my problem with Sister Kimberly is that she's been given multiple opportunities now to own up to you know, the wrongness of what she said. And here on a whole talk show, she still didn't do it. Hence why I think she needs to go have a seat, sis. And I've said that a couple of times offline. You know, not that, you know, my opinion matters, but not that much, I guess. But anyway, I just, no, ill advice. Who's ever in her camp, please tell her no more public nothing. Just no more ministry gigs for a little while too. Just, you know, go to a wellness retreat or, you know. Go get a massage and something, but stay away from us for a little while because she has not learned the art of the apology. And every time she says something, I think she digs a deeper hole for herself, which is unfortunate. I mean, she's got all this talent. It's goo gobs, but that's not an excuse for this bad behavior that it just doesn't match up. And for her to be a gospel artist, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Speaking of people who deflect and still have not learned their doggone lesson. Oh Lord, we still on the K's y'all. And I guess this one actually isn't really a K because he doesn't go by Kanye anymore. (laughs) Can you feel me like pulling down on my face, like the gravity of it all? All right. So my disclaimer at the top of this particular piece of the discussion is I've been done with Kanye West. I know he's from Chicago. Um, a fan. Um, Can I say that as a a Christian? I was a fan of his music when it first came out. Eh, I guess so, whatever. Um, (laughs) I've already cut up some of my Koji cards anyway. Um, I was a fan of um, his music. Um, And I think I'll just stop there because every time people, I've heard people discuss Kanye West, it's always, you know, they always have to contextualize it. Well, you know, I was a big fan of him when he first came out and he's a musical genius and he's on par with XYZ, you know, but I think not I think I know in my brain, I have let you know, let let him go a long time ago. And I don't even remember what the straw was that broke the camel's back. I was talking to somebody about that the other day. It's like, man, it's been a couple of years now. I've been done with him and his music. Um, because you just can't he can't. It no, it's just there's no excuse for his behavior at this point. And what's also, in my opinion, inexcusable is the Is the apology not the apology? What's also inexcusable, in my opinion, are the people who keep caping for him. Am I using that right? Caping? Capping is lying, right? Caping is, you know, like defending. The people who who keep defending him online. I think at this point, y'all, just stop. You're putting yourself through the contortions, like a la a Cirque de Soleil performer. You know, kind of like, again, like um, Donald Trump's supporters do of whom Kanye West is a big fan. Did we forget his visit to the White House with his MAGA hat on saying that when he put it on, he felt like Superman and talking about, you know, not growing up with his father and all that nonsense. And so his role model, his hero was Donald Trump of all people. Mm. You know, if you didn't get off the bus there, you had a couple of stops. (laughs) Where you could have gotten off the bus with Kanye West, that was one of them—a big stop, an oasis. You know, they had all kind of places where you can go shop and check into a hotel until you figure out which bus you're gonna get on next. But you should have got off, gotten off the Kanye West bus a long time ago. That whole Donald Trump thing was a fiasco; it was a whole hot mess. And I'm not patting myself on the back, but I was done with him before that. Like, come on, man! No, no. So unless you've been hiding under a rock, and if you have, God bless you, because it it's so annoying at this point. You know, I know a lot of people who are not fans of him and who have not been fans of his for a while. They've been saying the same thing, like, oh, I really do not want to talk about, He goes by yay now, right? I've been calling him Brother West. I don't, or Mr. West. I don't want to talk about him either, but it's, it's kind of hard to get away from if you open up your phone and you get on anybody's social media. Wait, I forgot whose internet we were calling it this week. Mighty Mouse Clarks. If you get on Mighty Mouse Clarks internet and pop on social media, it's hard to get away from it. Right? So, you know, he wore the white lives matter t-shirt at his, um, Yeezy, uh, Paris fashion week show. Um, um, also, disclaimer, I'm not a fan of his products, his clothing line. Those shoes are hideous. God, they do. They look like plug ins for, you know, those. I don't want to say a name brand. Maybe they'll give me a sponsorship, but they do. They look like those <laughs> plug ins that you put in the wall, you know, to, you know, put freshness in your house. Those shoes are ugly. And I've been saying that for a couple of years. And my students are like, Are you kidding me? Those shoes are dope tastic. No, they're plastic and they're hideous and they have no whatever. And then his clothing all looks the same. And I'm not the only one that says that because I know I'm not, quote, a fashion expert, end quote. But there's a number of people who've been criticizing his clothing line for years because it all looks the same. It's post-apocalyptic homelessness wear. And and no offense to the people who are homeless, so sorry or unhoused, I think is what the proper term is now. Um the book of Eli, it's like just in neutrals. That's what it looks like. All the stand-ins, all of the, you know, the actors at large, you know, in the movie. That's what they were all wearing. It was all clothing from the Yeezy line. You pick a season, season one through nine. All looks the same. He's getting over on y'all. That clothes, that this stuff is. <sighs> okay. I got too hyped about it, right? I said, I want to go talk about him. <laughs> I said, I wasn't go get that hyped about it. I'm sorry. I don't like the clothes. I don't like the shoes. I don't like the music. The man is off. So he wore this White Lives t-shirt and I saw it when Candace Owens, um, a conservative Black pundit, whatever she is, she got podcasts. she's got a lot of followers, whatever, but she posted, I think, the picture initially of her and Kanye West wearing these White Lives Matter t-shirts. And of course, people were like, oh my God, that's not Kanye West. Somebody superimposed that onto his image. Okay, then he turned it around. She turned around, front image. Oh, it is Kanye West. Well, he's trying to make art. Y'all, stop it. <laughs> just stop it. Just say, just call a spade a spade. He wrong for that mess. He wrong. Now that's the shorthand for it. You know, Some other people have had some more you know, better articulated views of, you know, what he's doing. Um, uh, It's worth noting, I think, and I saw this um, on the Cut um, website, that the American Defamation League has categorized the slogan as hate speech. White Lives Matter is hate speech because it didn't come about until Black Lives Matter. Right. And even when um, people were saying, you know, Kanye West is trying to he's trying to make art. He's trying to make art. Then he made that post. Black Lives Matter was, a, I, I, everybody knows that Black Lives Matter was a scam. Uh, you're welcome. I think that's what uh, his post said. I was like, wait, what? Huh? It's always um, excuses, always excuses with him. Um, and so, you know, I s- saw a lot of people on the shade room um, initially trying to support him and say, you know, the one that gets me every time, y'all every time it just like irritates my little, oh, oh that's that Gemini energy. Really? Because I know some Geminis and they ain't loony for like he is. <laughs> loony for Cocoa Puffs, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs like he is. Now, again, let me also pause and say, I know Kanye West has said that he has some type of um mental illness. Is it, is he bipolar or something like that? But his antics and all the other things that he does, it's all clout chasing. Um, I think it's Charlemagne the God said that um said that uh Kanye West loves white validation. He longs for it. Period. He's he's dead on right when he said that. Charlemagne is dead on when he said that. That's he's dead correct, is what I'm trying to say. If that's all it is. Um Kanye's crossed over, he's made, you know, I guess he's a billionaire now, whatever. And, you know, so he's I guess you could arguably say, you know, conquered the music world. He's, you know, a big time influencer. At least he was. Um, I mean, and hip hop mu- music is does continue to influence. I was having a conversation about that too last night. Like, you know, when he says these things and people say that it's dangerous, it's like, it kind of, I think that has to be a measured kind of understanding too, because I think what I do think is dangerous is that, um, you know, uh, white supremacist organizations will use that to help recruit people. Um, people, You know, and people like Candace Owens and um, Kanye West or whatever he's going by, you know, they don't realize or they do realize and don't care, um, you know, how they're playing into the hands of um, white supremacist organizations. But, you know, and he is an h- influencer because he's, you know, a, a purveyor of hip hop music. And unfortunately, a lot of people like his his stuff, his clothing is what I'm referring to. But that's where he's trying to make his big inroads and he just hasn't been able to hit it. Um, he's trying to influence, you know, white designers. Um, you know, he's trying to be in, um, in that, that crowd, you know, which clearly I am not a part of, you know, I cannot afford Balenciaga. Um, and I'm all right with that. And like I said, I, I don't like the shoes. I just don't like Kanye West. I, you know, I'd give me a pair of Jordans any day. Um, yeah, I'm all right. And, and honestly, I didn't even get into Jordans until I got grown, grown, like super grown. Cause you know. I couldn't afford it as a kid. Anyway, I digress. But yeah, that's that's is he's ridiculous. What the other thing, too, that irritates me about Kanye West and uh this particular iteration of his clout chasing is I'm gonna go back to it, you know, the black church. And I don't blame the entire black church, and actually I should say um a large portion of Christianity because when he came out with his um his Sunday Sunday Service Choir, um, that Jesus is King album. You know he was the next next thing, next best thing. You know after Fred Hammond and Kirk Franklin, like woo! Look at how many souls. You know he's gonna draw to the kingdom. Really? Mm. Okay, so where we at now, y'all? Where y'all at? Chirp, chirp 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 chirp. You know, cue the blowing of the tumbleweed across the pulpit on Sunday morning. Um, It was Joel Olstein. Remember, he was at his church and was making some kind of remarks. Um, and people were trying to clap and say something. And he, you know, like shushed some folk or, you know, was, you know, it was kind of a weird moment. Even Joel Osteen's face was like, what did I just do here about giving him, you know, a space to talk on Sunday morning? Um, you know, now, of course, I know church folk will say, you know, you can't judge someone else's salvation. True that. But if it's obviously self-serving, mm, I think you can. And a lot of people, um, even like musical critics um, we're saying the same thing about his album like, you know, is he talking about what God is doing and can do or is this all about how self-serving his salvation is for him, which is quite frankly, you know, how I took it. Um, you know, some of his comments um were about, you know, God, you know, saving him and going to raise him up to be the, you know, the biggest you know, cultural icon, you know, really, that's, that's who, and who does that serve, right? If in fact, that's, that's why, you know, he's been saved that, you know, so God could lift him up. That's not biblical that not at all, you know? Um, And again, so he raises him up, you know, to be this big, you know, influencer and, you know, this is what he's influencing people to think that white lives matter as if they haven't already mattered and again podcast and lecture for another day if you're looking forward to it you know stick around for a couple of weeks i'll get back to it but yeah it's it's true black lives do matter even in the face of it being apparent that black lives don't matter and so this whole thing about white lives matter is a decentering of black lives and i was listening to somebody talk about that on a um a tv show the other day it's like no actually it was another uh, podcast i was listening to Um, you know, why that has to, why white people who say that feel like they have to say it because they're used to being at the center. Um, It's, you know, it's the whole term Eurocentrism, you know, white people have to be in the middle, right here, front and center, Um, you know, and if they're not in the middle, if they're not centered, then white people who feel like this feel uncomfortable. Um, And so that's why people started saying, well, white lives matter or all lives matter. Nobody said they didn't. Nobody said they didn't, but it's been very apparent you know, that um, Black lives have not mattered as much um, in this country. And so for Kanye West to put on a White Lives Matter uh, t-shirt, him and Candace Owens. Oh, and did I mention that the models in his show also wore White Lives Matter t-shirts? It's a whole hot mess. And of course, it didn't stop there. Um, You know, after he posted, you know, Black Lives Matter is a scam, you're welcome, or whatever. um, There was um, a Vogue editor, I believe, um, Gabriella Karifa Johnson. Um, she uh, posted something on social media criticizing the show, you know, and you know, like, kind of giving her her train of thought, you know, as she was processing it in like real time. And she, you know, mentioned something along the lines of, you know, he's probably going to say that this is some type of art or whatever. She's like, but that's not an excuse. And she's like, you know, the, you know, the people who are here feel like this is some BS and they're traumatized by this, and rightfully so. Like, I, are you serious right now? Um, and so then, of course, in true Kanye fashion, oh, did I mention she's black? In true Kanye fashion, he comes out, um, you know, posts back on social media trying to bully her, you know, post pictures of her, and you know, she's not fashion, and you know, she's sure he's sure that Anna, I guess Anna Winter, um, doesn't like the boots that she has on in this other picture. Um, that he posted of her. And of course, um, all the fat phobics came out or, you know, fat shamers. I, I don't want to say fat phobia, phobia because phobia is a fear. You're not afraid of fat people. I don't think, I think people just like shaming them. So and I, there's another episode about that if, if you're interested. So all the fat shamers came out you know, piled on and whatnot. And so then I guess in this timeline of events that I've been following, unfortunately, but I'm done. I'm done. That's it. I, I can't. I, I don't have enough bandwidth for the rest of it. Um, And I guess he had a sit down dinner with her and um, somebody else, maybe Anna went to her again, editor in chief of Vogue. um, They had, you know, a little talk or whatever. And he said Kanye West did that. Somebody recorded it and that he and Gabriella, I guess, agreed to disagree. And, you know, there's that. And then somebody else, um, Gigi Haddad, I think um, she's a model. She came out and um, in defense and in support of Gabriella and. Then Kanye West came back at her. It's like this, it's a never ending cycle with him. And of course, um, at some point along the way, um, he throws his kids in there. You know, y'all, you know, coming at me because of my t-shirts, but where was y'all at when, you know, they kidnapped my daughter or son or whatever for their birthday and I couldn't get to their birthday party. It's like, he follows a script and people for a long time have just, a lot of people have been eating it up it's ridiculous. He is ridiculous. And like I said, I try my hardest to ignore stuff about him. Um, I'll admit my Christianity was irritated when I saw a whole bunch of people like going in, oh, Kanye West gospel out al- album. Like, no, you know, there's a scripture that says that you'll know a tree by the fruit it bears. What fruit is he bearing, y'all? You'll know a tree by whatever fruit's on the tree. And what fruit is on his tree? he just wore white lives matter t-shirts so you know what gospel of justice is that or injustice come on that's just ridiculous and all everybody hopped on that bandwagon y'all to be ashamed now get off and everybody that's still on that you know that's that gemini energy stop it because people who are gemini's that don't act like that they're offended i'm offended for them stupid stop it um tamika mallory who's an activist um, she said that having to sit next to white people during a menstrual show would have triggered my soul. She's saying that if she had been at the um, at his uh his fashion show, a menstrual show is what she called it. And I was like, dang. And that's where I'm gonna end the whole Kanye West talk. A more positive K. Uh, Katanji Brown Jackson, come on down. Yay. Justice Katanji Brown Jackson started her term, her tenure on the Supreme court. Um, and there's this case that's before the Supreme court about, um, gerrymandering, um, the act of that. Um, and you know, whether or not, uh, you know, it, it's like I said, politics at its very nature, it is, it's, it's, it, it is not a noble enterprise. Sometimes it's very, very evil. And it depends on who's in power. When the Democrats are in power, they draw a uh, gerrymandering maps, you know, which means that they can redistrict their state so that, um, you know, one side so that it benefits one side or the other. And so when the Republicans are in power, then they do it. And so this one, um, map that, um, was, so this case that's before the Supreme court, um, comes from Alabama and um, it's called Miro versus Mulligan. And in it, as um, I kind of talked about a couple seconds ago, so Alabama has a Black population of about 27%, right? But just one of the state's seven congressional districts um, is l- like likely to elect a, a candidate favored by Black voters. I got this from the Mother Jones um, website. Um, and so... At issue, again, is this particular um, map, which has been gerrymandered to kind of like put Alabama's 27 percent black voters like in one in one district when, you know, in actuality, they are probably spread out a little bit more across um, the state of Alabama. And Alabama argued before the court that any um, I'm reading from the article, any consideration of race when drawing new districts was itself discriminatory, which would turn the Voting Rights Act on its head. If the court's conservative majority adopts this race-blind reasoning, it will reverse the very purpose of the law to eradicate decades of discrimination against Black Americans and other historically disenfranchised minority groups and stunt representation for communities of color as the U.S. heads towards a majority-minority future. And so what um, Alabama is arguing is that you know this um, gerrymandered map um, should be, in essence, um, upheld because um, the 14th Amendment, you know, is this race-blind or race-neutral, you know, piece of, uh, you know, is this race-neutral law. And so our girl, um, Justice Ketanji Brown Jackson, is like, "Um, not entirely accurate. because um, the article says she noted that it was profoundly ahistorical to read, again from Mother Jones, the constitution and the country's civil rights laws without taking race into account. Quote, the entire point of the 14th Amendment was to secure rights for freed former slaves. Listen to another longer piece of her actually talking, um, uh, you know, recording of her voice. And like, you know, like a good law prefer- professor should, you know, good justice should, she, you know, righted them, you know, corrected them. Like, how can you say that the 14th amendment was race neutral or race blind? It was, um, passed, um, you know, created particularly to help, um, freed, um, former slaves. Like it gave them, you know, citizenship rights. What is you talking about? Like, that doesn't even make any sense, but I mean, it doesn't make sense to me. And I'm no lawyer, you know, political science major thousand years ago at Howard university. But anyway, um, kudos to her. Unfortunately, Um, As you are probably well aware, um, listener, the majority of the court right now is um, very conservative. And so this um, case is likely to um, be ruled in favor of Alabama. Alabama. Have you ever heard of W. Kamau Bell? Have you ever seen his... um his special, he's from Alabama, and that's the way he says it. His uh, stand-up comedy special, I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but he's hilarious, by the way, BTW, by the way. But anyway, yeah, it's probably the conservative majority on the court is probably to rule in their favor, unfortunately, and further dismantle the Voting Rights Act um, in favor of this kind of like st- stupid um, race-blind neutrality, whatever, race-neutral, race-blindness of the 14th Amendment when that's not, what, 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment. Social studies students, Anyone? Anyone? Thirteenth Amendment free slaves, 14th Amendment gave them citizenship, 15th Amendment gave black black men the right to vote. How are they race neutral? Duh. Anyway. Uh H I J K. I think that's all of my K's. Um, I had L also for L pop, well, K pop, L pop, H K, L pop, Lizzo. You probably the controversy kind of died down a little bit. And I just want to briefly mention it because it was it was interesting at the time. And also rather stupid. I think people just like to pile on um, Lizzo. You know, she's kind of like everybody's. um, You know, anybody that you know wants to talk about people twerking, they point at Lizzo. Anybody that likes to fat shame folk, they point at Lizzo. And Sis is still doing her thing. You know, she is definitely like the poster child for you do you. So you probably heard that. um, I guess it was last week. Now she was in uh, on tour. And um, stopped in Washington, D.C. and um, got a chance to play at her concert, James Madison's uh, Crystal Flute, which was gifted to him upon the occasion of his second inauguration. Um, and one of the things I think that they said Dolly Madison saved, you know, when the White House was set on fire by the British, um, the Crystal Flute was one of the things they saved. Now, Glizzo said she was the first person to play the flute, but in fact, I think she was the second person to play the flute. But anyway, the first person in how many years, right? how many hundreds of years at this point. Um, so she had played, uh, practiced with a um, a fiberglass flute at the actual Library of Congress and Library of Congress tweeted out some pictures and video and, you know, they were pretty excited. You know, she's reigniting, you know, interest in, you know, history. You know, she even said that after she um, finished playing the flute at her concert, like history is freaking awesome or something like that, she said. Um, she did, she didn't play a whole song. She, you know, played a couple of notes and twerked a little bit and gave the flute a Flute back. She's a classically trained flautist. I mean, everybody knows that that knows that about Lizzo. And girl can sing. I mentioned her on another um or previous episode too of the podcast. Um, I did her um I did a Lizzo class on um Peloton and she showed up. She was there, like live and in person, singing and Answer questions, thing things like that. She can sing in real life too. Girl sounds good. Girlfriend can sing. Anyway, um, but it became a big thing. And you know, guess who one of the persons was who came out and said that she defiled history? You ready? Candace Owens. I know, shocking. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, wait, let me find a little quote from Sister Owens, you know, sister um, White Lives Matter t shirt wearing Owens. Quote, she claimed to be offended by the, quote, manner in which they gave it, meaning the flute to her, and the manner in which she, Lizzo, used it. And she, quote, said that Lizzo was defiling history, end quote. Girl, bye. She played a flute, who cares? She played a former slaveholder's flute. Someone wrote, and I can't, I wish I remember who it was, but I saw it on, um somewhere on social media, It's was like, you better be glad she didn't play the flute and then throw it on the ground. Break it up into a thousand pieces, like for real. Like, who cares? Nobody defiling history, whatever. James Madison. Okay, we're not gonna go there, anyway. Um, yeah. So that was that was my L. I know, kind of a yeah, kind of a low note. Get it? Nope. Lizzo playing the flute. Nope. Okay, sorry, I tried. Um, to end the podcast on, but um, yeah, that's my little take on um pop culture. Wait, but wait. There's more. I forgot before we get away, friends. Oh my God. On social media today, um, purposefully avoiding any posts about Kanye West. Done with him. Whatever he said, he's still spinning and people are still following. I'm not. I'm done. No more. Go away. Um, But Herschel Walker, (laughs) remember I told you he'd said that um, he and his campaign had come out and denied, you know, this is a lie. I did not, you know, pay for this woman's abortion. Um, I can't remember if he exactly said that he didn't know who the woman was, but guess what y'all turns out it's his baby mama. <sighs> this guy cannot be real. Like he, he, his lies on top of lies on top of lies on top of stupidity. So it turns out that the woman that he paid for the abortion back in, was it 2009? I think I said it earlier in the podcast is the mother of another one of his kids. How is it that you don't, you don't know who she is? It's not that um, Kiki, I'm always like, um, I'm sorry to this man. I have no idea who this is. Is that where you were going with that, Herschel Walker? So, seriously. Um, and then some other Republican, oh no, it's the lady who's the head of the NRA, it was like, you know, we don't care if he, you know, paid for abortions for baby bald eagles. We just need him, you know, to win the seat, you know. So, Republicans, by any means necessary, apparently. You know, by hook or by crook, literally, literally. It's just kind of disgusting. Um, and and again, not saying that the Democrats are holy and pure and you know, you know, whatever, have angels' wings and sweet baby Jesus tattoos or anything like that. But this guy, Herschel Walker, absolutely unqualified and absolutely just kind of gross, absurdly underqualified and definitely disgusting. Like, really, this is your king, you know, borrow a line from uh, Black Panther. i all gonna see Wakanda Forever it's coming out next month? As a matter of fact, November, I gotta get my tickets. Yes, I'm gonna end right there. Wakanda Forever. I've seen a couple of trailers, and I think um I saw a new trailer was released um just this week. It looks like it's going to be just a fantastic movie. Um, I think Ryan Coogler has been giving a couple of interviews. I haven't had a chance to um read them just yet, but I am excited um to see uh, Wakanda Forever and how they handle um the death of uh T'Challa, right? Um Chadwick Bozeman. Um how they handle that in the movie. It'll be interesting. Um I think all the blacks we're supposed to wear white is that did did I did I not get the memo on that we're wearing white to the premiere of the movie? I don't know. Um I gotta check my um Black Twitter, see what we're supposed to wear. So out in there, that's a more positive note <laughs> of a of pop culture, right? Wakanda forever. Anyway, once again, I'd like to thank you for tuning in, for listening to this particular episode of the Vast podcast, Various and Sundry Things. And by all means, hit me up on social media, leave me some comments, leave me some stars, all the stars, let me know what you think. Um, I am at the Donna Gay Tyler. No, wait, I'm at Donna Gay Tyler. <laughs> I used to be the Donna Gay, and then I changed my last name, where I added a name, got married, and now I'm Donna Gay Tyler. So there we go. I am at Donna Gay Tyler on uh, most social media platforms, although I might be leaving Twitter. Not that I got a whole bunch of followers anyway, but you know that whole, um, what's that man's name? Elon Musk. I guess the sale of Twitter is still going to go through to him. Yeah, I ain't going to stick around for that mess. That That's going to be a car wash and a hot mess roast all in one. Anyway, but yay. We're supposed to be ending on a positive note. of forever. Follow me online. Hit me up. Give me some feedback. And by all means, whatever you do, primaries are coming up next month. So stay classy. Go vote. And thanks for stopping by.